Lazarus Jones and the Circular Bones, Episode 5 of Season 1. After Lazarus, Nimbles, and Urzel got past the city of Harthen, they had a rather uneventful afternoon. They found a nice place on the side of the river to make camp. Once again, they felt it was unwise to make a fire with the Heartless on their trail. So they ate their hand pies and decided that Nimbles would be on the first watch. Obviously, Lazarus would have to sleep after rowing and having used magic again. Urzel was also tired from all the rowing she had done. Hey, anybody got a pillow? A pillow? Out here? Hey man, I don't think I've ever slept without a pillow. What about last night? Last night? You mean when I passed out after saving your ass? I don't think passing out counts as falling asleep. Yeah, well, that's a fair point. Unfortunately for you, we have no pillows. I have another pie if you'd like, though. Lazarus turned away from Nimbles and tried to get used to sleeping on the ground. After what felt like hours, though it was actually just minutes, Lazarus's exhaustion took hold and he quickly was snoring soundly. Lazarus woke up to the bright sunshine. He was horrified to find Urzel and Nimbles sound asleep together naked, under a makeshift blanket of their clothes. No! No! Ugh! Why? Can't you guys just go one day without doing that? Nimble sat up and rubbed his eyes. Lazarus blushed and turned away as Nimble's movement had disturbed Urzel's covering. Oh, oops. <laughs> Looks like we forgot to wake you up for the last shift. Forgot? For Forgot? What the hell, man? We got these damn zombies after us and you guys are, uh, um... Busy? You know, getting busy. Getting busy? Ah, you mean making love? No, nope, uh-uh, not talking about this. Just, just, just put your pants on and let's get going. Lazarus stood with his back to them as they got up and got dressed. There was some giggling and whispering that made him blush, but Lazarus kept staring at the river, intent on not making the situation more uncomfortable for himself than it already was. They had finished all of the pies last night, so they were back to dried sausages and biscuits. But fortunately, they were able to warm the sausages by a fire this morning. So this is the last day in the boat, right? Hand me that paddle, Nims. Yeah, here you go. We actually have made pretty good time on the river, probably from all our excessive paddling trying to get away from the heartless. I imagine we'll be able to get to Tarshave by midday. And then we'll have a few hours hike till we reach the boneway. They paddled for the morning and reached Tarshave, just as the sun reached its zenith. They tied off the boat at the dock, and Urzel looked for a place to sell the boat. They would be traveling by foot now, and it would not be worth paying to have the boat stored in a city that none of them lived in. Nimbles and Lazarus went into town and found some more food, although there was not as many options as in Harthen. Tarshave was in a region that had once been a separate country several hundred years ago, called Tarshish. The people here had somehow maintained their culture despite having been swallowed up by the Rogentian kingdom. Their foods were spicy, often consisting of a sauce, a meat, and something that resembled rice, but were a much longer grain, all wrapped up in some type of soft flatbread. Yo, this is fire, whatever we eat. This that lamb eel again? No, no, you have lamb. It's an animal that's covered in curly hair, and they often stay together in hides. Yeah, I got sheep? 
We got them too. I never seen one, but I've seen them on TV. What's TV? Oh, man. Lazarus spent several minutes explaining what a television was and what the people of his world would watch on it. Nimbles was eventually pleased to understand that a TV would allow him to watch a play in the comfort of his own home. They met up with Urzel and made their way down the road, out of town, and towards the Boneway. After a few hours of walking, Lazarus was growing tired. I gotta figure out how to make a car. This walking is for lames. I'd rather paddle that boat again. What is a car? Dang, I gotta explain everything today. Okay, so a car is like a wagon, except it's like totally enclosed with windows and a roof. Ah, like, like a carriage. Oh, uh, yeah, like, like a carriage. But get this, there ain't no horses pulling it. What kind of beast pulls it? No beast. The car goes all by itself. And and, and this is because of your uh, science. Yo, Nims, it's science. And yeah, man. I always hated learning science in school, but I see now it's pretty cool. So there's this part of a car. It's called the engine. Somehow it pushes the car forward like, like they can go hella fast, too. Like on the big roads in my world, we be pushing like 70, 80 miles an hour. And when they have races, they go like 200 miles per hour or something crazy like that. You're lying, Pop. Nah, ours. For real, for real. You're telling me that we could have made this journey, which has taken us three days so far, in a matter of hours? That's exactly what I'm telling you. Nimbles and Urzel looked at each other and smirked. Hey, I ain't lying. Sure. Oh, we believe you. Urzel gave a giggle and reached down for <laughs> Nimbles' hand as they walked. <laughs> Lazarus shook his head, frustrated at not being believed, but also understanding why they could not comprehend a car. Someday I'm going to take y'all to my world, and we're going to hit the highway. We're going to go super fast. Y'all see. Nimbles and Urzel laughed again, <laughs> walking hand in hand. Now, you know what? I'm going to bring an Ashton Martin Vantage here, and I'll show you guys and all your friends what's up. Okay, okay, calm down, Lazarus. I'm sure you'll be able to show us just how wrong we are. And wouldn't you know it, here we are, the bone way. Nimbles gestured down the road. As they had gotten further and further from Tarshave, the road had become more and more rugged. The land all around them had become more and more barren, with fewer trees and more patches of sand. And yet, ahead of them lay a small village and a rather tall mound of earth. Atop the mound stood a rather tall structure. Five incredibly wide pillars of wood stood maybe twelve feet tall. They held aloft a wreath of bones bound together with a massive rope that Lazarus could see, even from this distance. As they drew closer, they saw that people from the village had congregated at the base of the mound. They were all wearing makeshift armor and were armed with old rusty swords and spears. Yo, what's up with this? Well, they're prepared in case the slug creature comes from this bone white. But as I told you before, that's not a very good chance that this would be the bone way that it comes from this time. Damn, I forgot about that. So, uh, when will we know if this is the one? I'm sure one of the villagers can tell us. Hello? Can anyone tell us when the creature might arrive? Several of the villagers turned to look at the trio as they neared the mound. Fear was etched upon their faces. Sweat poured down their brows. Once it was apparent that Lazarus, Nimbles, and Urzel were not a threat, the villagers turned back to watch the mound. Hey! 
When is the slug going to be here? This time, several more villagers looked at them, and then the interior of the boneway began to glow, a luminescent green color. A tentacle lashed out of the glowing light and grabbed a villager standing nearest to the mound. He was swiftly hauled towards the boneway. As he neared the portal, the slimy, grayish-pink body of the slug creature began to emerge from the glow. Once it was totally out of the boneway, measuring at nearly 30 feet long, the creature opened its mouth, an opening that took up nearly a third of its body proportionately. The luckless villager was tossed in whole. The villagers screamed and a few ran from the beast, but the majority rushed towards the slug as it came oozing down the mound. So many tentacles began detaching themselves from the side of the slug. They began whipping towards the villagers, snatching them up easily. Drat! I hate it when I'm wrong! Urzel unsheathed her black blade from behind her back and charged towards the creature. Be careful, my love! Nimbles threw down his pack and pulled out two small blades from within it and charged. As Nimbles followed after Urzel, she flew into the mass of flailing tentacles and began hacking through them. Nimbles followed quickly behind her. He jumped onto the shoulders of one of the villagers and then up into the air. He swiftly began slicing through the tentacles that were dragging villagers to an untimely and painful death. Lazarus stood, dumbfounded, as he watched the tiny gnome bounce around the carnage, doing flips and thrusting his blades into the tentacles. Lazarus had expected that Urzel would be a formidable warrior, especially having seen her in the scuffle at the dock of Harthen. Nimbles, however, was so small and he had seemed so ineffectual when he had tried to get the necklace back from Lazarus in Mama's room that it was a fair assumption that Nimbles would be more of a liability in a fight rather than a boon. As impressive as Urzel and Nimbles' attack on the slug creature was, it became abundantly clear that more was going to need to be done if this creature was going to be vanquished. The number of villagers was beginning to dwindle as the creature tossed more and more of them down its gullet. And, just as Nimbles had described, the creature was growing larger as it swallowed more and more villagers. Hey, Nims, what should I do? I don't know. Do some magic or something. I know that, man, but... I mean, what specifically should I do? Lazarus, I'm very busy at the moment. Come up with your own plan. You right, you right. My bad, Nims. Lazarus looked around to see what he could figure out. The only time he had used fire and magic was when there was already a fire started. He could just manipulate existing fire. He had used wind at the dock, but that did not seem like it would be very effective now. As he looked around, he happened to notice a few more villagers coming up the road towards the chaos. Hey, hurry up, guys! They really need some help over there! Unfortunately, when the closest one reached Lazarus, he punched him in the stomach. Lazarus doubled over in pain. The new group grabbed Lazarus by his arms and quickly began dragging him towards the fray. What the hell? Why you hit me? And, and where'd you take me? Hey, 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 stop! Don't go by that slug! Lazarus struggled as the newcomers continued to drag him towards the creature. As they neared, a tentacle lashed out and grabbed one of his assailants, dragging the man silently into the air. Even as the man was tossed into the open mouth and was skewered upon the teeth, that lined the slug's throat. He remained silent. What the hell? You guys heartless? The remaining two men and a woman just held Lazarus and remained motionless. As soon as another tentacle lashed towards them, though, 
They all ducked this time. Lazarus was swiftly hoisted into the air as the Heartless watched in silence. The slug lifted Lazarus high into the air above itself and opened its repulsive maw. It let Lazarus fall. Oh, Lazarus fell several feet towards the open jaws of the slug creature when he instinctively thrust his arm out to the side and blew a magical gust of wind from his palm. The wind altered his trajectory and he ended up falling on the back of the slug and tumbling down to the ground. Lazarus stood up quickly and tried to wipe off the thick layer of mucusy ooze that had coated him as he tumbled down the slug. The slime just moved around as he tried to brush it off. This is nasty! Nimbles and Urzel came running up to Lazarus. Lazarus, you're okay! Urzel slashed a tentacle as it tried to grab at them. Hell no, man, I'm not okay. I'm covered in slime. And those punk-ass heartless tried to feed me to this nasty-ass slug. Lazarus pointed at the remaining three heartless, standing several yards away, staring at him. His anger boiled over as he considered how they had just tried to kill him. His outstretched hand shifted from a pointing finger to an open palm. In his rage, he slammed down his hand, and the three heartless were crushed down below the surface of the earth. Urzel and Nimbles cut away several more tentacles that were flailing about. Hey, Lazarus. Maybe you could... Maybe you could use some of that magic on the slug. Lazarus turned from looking at the muddy spot where the Heartless had just been standing. Yeah, man, I got an idea. When I crushed them into the ground, I felt this big rock down there. Hold up. Keep me safe. Lazarus stuck both hands out and began feeling around for the boulder that lay beneath the surface. Nimbles and Urzel stood around him, keeping the tentacles at bay. The villagers were making quick thrusts and stabs at the slug's body as they tried to evade the tentacles, but they were having very little success in defeating the creature. The ground beneath them all began to quiver and then shake noticeably. Lazarus's face began turning a deep shade of purple, as he struggled and strained to pull the large boulder free. Hurry! We can't keep this up for much longer! And suddenly, a boulder the size of an SUV came free from the ground. Soil sprayed everywhere as the boulder flew up into the sky. The villager screamed in terror, not understanding what was happening. Using his hands to guide the floating boulder, Lazarus slammed the rock down on the slug creature's back. Take this! But the tentacles kept grabbing villagers. Their number was now maybe half of what it had been at the beginning. Oh, hell no, you better die this time. The last time Lazarus slammed the rock down, he grounded into the slug creature, pushing down harder and harder. There were some weird squealing noises coming from the creature, and finally the sound of tearing flesh and muscle as the boulder finally broke through the slug's tough skin. The tentacles were flying around in an ever-increasing frenzy until finally they all went limp and fell to the ground. There was a stunned silence from the crowd. And then a great cheer broke out from the villagers. Lazarus caught his breath, gave a smile, and was about to wave at his adoring fans when he suddenly passed out. Nimbles tried to catch him, but merely had the boy fall on top of him. Urzel picked up Lazarus's limp form and slung him over her shoulder. 
With her other hand, she reached down and helped Nimbles up. You are so selfless, my love. I love watching how you care for other people. Oh, thank you, darling. I only did what anyone would have done. Let's get to the boneway before the villagers try to stop us. Shoot, I forgot my pack. I'll meet you up there once I grab it. While Nimbles ran for his pack, Urzel ran up the mound and into the center of the circular bones. The wooden pillars were intricately carved with beautiful flowery scenes. All manner of creatures pranced through the fields of flowers in the carvings. They were so lifelike, it almost felt like the carvings were moving. Nimbles came scurrying up the mound with his pack. Okay, my love. I'll need to prick my finger and smear some blood on one of these pillars. I will then come over to you and we will hold hands. Then I will say the magical incantation that Balthazar gave me and we should be transported to his dimension. You are so smart, my sweet. Ah, not nearly as smart as you, my love, but don't be too impressed yet. I've never actually done this by myself. Balthazar somehow always did this part every time I've been to his hovel. Nimbles grabbed one of his knives out of his pack again and made a disgusted face as he remembered that he had forgotten to clean them after he had used them against the slug. He wiped it off as well as he could on his pant leg and inspected it. I guess this'll have to do. Urzel gave him a reassuring smile and Nimbles pricked the tip of his index finger. He jogged over to one of the pillars and smeared the blood that had welled up on the bare wood. There was a faint, greenish glow, and the blood was absorbed into the pillar. Nimbles ran back and reached for Urzel's hand. You ready, my love? I'm ready for anything when I'm with you. Nimbles winked at the love of his life. <coughs> Balthazarius Domicilium! There was a greenish light, just like when the slug creature had come through the boneway, and then they were somewhere else. It was dark out and it was raining steadily in Balthazar's dimension. Of course. What a joke. Balthazar opened the door to his hovel and held out a lantern. Who doth enter mine domain? Oh, shut up, you old lech. You knew we were coming, Balthazar. Couldn't you make it so it wasn't raining here? Nimbles and Urzel tramped through the mud to the hovel door. Wouldst thou please leave thine boots out on the stoop? Ugh. Seriously? Fine. Urzel tried to kick off her boots while still holding on to Lazarus. She only managed to get one off, though, and Nimbles had to untie the other for her. Nimbles then removed his own shoes and followed Urzel into the hovel. The entirety of the hovel consisted of one room. There was a fire merrily roaring in a stone fireplace. Several lit candles sat upon the mantel and on a few small tables that sat throughout the room, giving the only light to the room besides the fire. Other than that, it was apparent that a bachelor lived here. Welcome, friends. Friends? You know, you've done nothing but trick me into doing your wishes for some time now. I don't think I'd call us friends. And where is my payment? Of course, of course. The Leprosaurar is here, Nimbles, my friend. And sweet Urzel, might I embrace thee? Balthazar handed a rather odd-looking stone to Nimbles as he approached Urzel with his arms open. Don't even think about it, Balthazar. I don't want to have to cut your hand off if you try to pinch my backside again. Feisty. I do like that. Does anyone desire a cup of tea? Lazarus groaned when Urzel set him down on a cot that sat in a corner of the room. The others stared at him as he sat up, grabbing his head. 
Balthazar took a seat in the only chair in the room. Dang. Uh, my head is killing me. Did he use magic? Uh, be quiet. And yes, I used magic. Why didst thou let him practice the arts? Let him? Oh, he only used magic when our lives were in danger. He didn't know what he was doing. Thou could not deal with issues and foes on thine own. Hey, man, I just crushed a giant slug with a giant rock. My head is killing me. Can you please whisper? He slayed the Glethian Gastropodas? Dude, I'm right here. Ain't no reason to talk to someone else when I'm right here. Balthazar considered Lazarus for a moment. Can thou make fire? Man, I don't know. I moved some fire that was about to burn us up. Why didst thou take him to such a dangerous place? Dude, we were in a hotel. These heartless dicks tried to burn us up. Balthazar stood up in shock. Heartless? Kyle knows that the boy is in Mortis? Yeah, I should say so. We've been chased by Heartless since Lauren. Balthazar began pacing around the room. He ran his hand over his puff of grayish-white hair that sat upon his head. How couldst he know? I have done all that was in mine power to keep him secret. Yo, dude, why am I here? I don't really want to be here if I'm just going to be running from whoever this dude Kyle is. Don't dare speak to me as if I am thine schoolboy chum. Whatever, man. You ain't all that. Balthazar loomed over Lazarus and raised his hands in the air. His fingers were covered in two or three rings each, and several began to glow as the light from the candles and fireplace began to dwindle, as Balthazar's eyes burned a fiery orange in his rage. I have not brought thee to this world for naught but my fancy. The lives of everyone in Mortis rely on thou succeeding what I have not. Reality draws to a close on Mortis if thou dost not take hold of the power that is inherent in thine body. Uh, did you just say that reality will end on Mortis if Lazarus doesn't learn magic? The boy must learn magic and heal Mortis' wound before the very fabric of existence doth pull apart. If it is not healed before the next boneway cycle, Mortis will cease to be. Hey man, it's like 77 years, right? Like the slug comes every 77 years. We got time, bruh. The next cycle doth begin in 28 years. A Glethian gastropodus journeys to Mortis near the end of the cycle. Bruh, what are you freaking out about? 28 years is a long time. I have been laboring to heal Mortis for some 616 years. A minuscule 28 years is nothing. Thou must labor more intensely than I have ever been able to. 616 years? How old are you? I have lost count of my passing days. I was more than a hundred years old when the mortis was wounded, but the importance of mine life did not begin until the wound occurred. And I shall pale in comparison to thee if thou dost succeed where I have failed. Yo, dude, why don't we all just go to my world we got air conditioning. We got pizza. What is this pizza? Hush, orcish wench. Urzel slugged Balthazar soundly across the jaw, <gasps> and he fell back into his chair. Urzel crossed her arms and glared at Balthazar. Mmm. Mine apologies, Lady Urzel. Lazarus, while we could travel to thine world, we cannot exist for longer than a fortnight. We're creatures of mortis, and the Almighty will not allow us to exist outside of our realm for long. So wait, am I going to disappear if I stay here? No, thine father is of this world. Lazarus stared at the old wizard, his jaw hanging open. Yo, you saying my daddy's from there? 
Uh, yes, that that is correct. I should not have told you that. Mama always said he was a deadbeat who left when I was born. But he was here the whole time? I gotta meet him. Yes. Um, uh, we shall see if, if we can locate him. He, he, he does not want to be found. So he is a deadbeat. Fine. Forget him. Lazarus looked at his new friends, Urzel and Nimbles. He contemplated their lives and how true they had been to him. They had fed him. They had cared for his wounds. They had fought for him. They had risked their lives for him. And Lazarus did not want them or their world to cease to exist. All right, man. We can work on trying to heal this guy head thing, but we got to let my mama know I'm straight. Maybe even get her here or something. She's probably going crazy worrying about me. Well, that only sounds fair. The boy sees his mother in exchange, he saves our world's very existence. Yes, uh, we, we could see about bringing thy mother here for a visit from time to time. All right then, man. We strike. Let's do it. Lazarus Jones was written by the Big Dirty Monster. You can follow him and all of his exploits at BigDirtyMonster.com. Music for this podcast was created by Matthew Jameson. You can learn more about him and his work at MatthewJamesonMusic.com. Story editing for this podcast was done by Matt Mills. Learn more about him at PennyMagic.co. Lazarus Jones was played by Nico Schumpert. Nimbles was played by Ken Wolf. Balthazar was played by Daniel McFarland. Urzel was played by Kelly Bono. Learn more about the podcast at LazarusJonesPod.com. Come back next week for the next exciting episode in Lazarus Jones and the Circular Bone.